and welcome Hoosier Nation to our 99th episode of the Hoosier Sound, where we are the official podcast of Indiana HQ. Our mission and goal is simple. We want to bring in-depth analysis and coverage for Indiana University sports to as many fans as possible across a multitude of modern platforms. We are recording this edition of the Hoosier Sound on Tuesday evening, July 30th, 2019, where I am your host, Noah Freeman. On the docket for tonight, the Hoosiers now have their first basketball commit for the class of 2020. Trey Galloway announced this past Friday that he committed to Indiana University and the Hoosiers. We will discuss what this means for the program before moving on to talking about our last class in our summer series, the freshman class for this upcoming season. Here with me tonight, I'm back and the gang is all here. Matt, how are you doing this evening? One episode shy of our 100th episode. I'm doing... Just fine, my friends. You know, it's always nice uh, here in the state of Florida. Um, you know, it was like 95 degrees outside today and felt like 105 when I was in Orlando, which was like doubly as hot because there's like no breeze from the ocean. So it, it was great. It was, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> Gotta love it. Doing better, Nathan, than Matt? Yeah, geez. Complaining about Florida. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What a... What a high lofty throne you sit upon. Um, <laughs> no, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, it's funny. We're, I, I feel like I've said this before. We're in the middle of the summer. It doesn't feel like there should be too much to talk about yet. Once again, you know, we've got football news, basketball commitments. Are you still searching for the final assistant coach on the staff? I mean, there's just a lot going on. Yeah, I, I feel like all of the the uh, basketball news outlets, podcasts, and everything are just waiting for the assistant coach so that every podcast has something to actually talk about. But Trey Galloway gave us that that gift this past Friday to where we have something to talk about. The drought is over. We finally have another commitment to Indiana, technically, since Trace Jackson Davis, if you don't count Joey Brunk, sort of, kind of. But Trey Galloway forced our recruit out of the Culver Academies in Culver, Indiana, committed to the Hoosiers this past Friday, July 26th. He is a, and of course, all of the measurements vary from site to site, but a 6'4", about 200-pound shooting guard, and is ranked 121st on 247 Sports, the second, 22nd best shooting guard so far in the class, and the second best player from Indiana in 2020 behind Anthony Leal, who recently announced, which we can get to later, his decision was down to either Stanford or Indiana. Galloway is also the sixth in-state player, seventh if you include Joey Bronk, and he's also the fourth straight Indiana recruit that Archie has had, fifth if you include Joey, to commit under Archie since becoming the head coach over the past two years. So before we break down a little bit of his game, actually, Nathan, I want to get your initial reaction when you heard that Trey Galloway was the first commit that Archie would get in the 2020 class. Well, Personally, I was excited simply because it's just another Indiana high school player committing to play for Archie Miller. It's the seventh Indiana kid that Archie Miller's gotten. And look, that just that there's not much downside to that. It doesn't matter if the guy comes in and plays 20 minutes a game his freshman year or he doesn't hit the floor until his junior or senior season. It's always good to find kids that want to play for Indiana. This is a guy who was offered by Butler and Iowa and Michigan State, so he's clearly a highly regarded player. And, um, you know, all in all, look, he's a 6'4", 200-pound guard. Uh, he's going to be a valuable addition to the backcourt. And all of a sudden, you start formulating Indiana's roster in your mind, and 
uh, starting you know next year and and beyond. You think, okay, we got Robert Finnessy in the backcourt. Uh, you know, he's going to be joining Armand Franklin, and now it's Trey Galloway. Now all of a sudden, you can see some depth in the backcourt, which will complement the front court depth that IU looks to have as early as this coming season. Mm-hmm. And I, especially with Trey Galloway, I think it, when his name first started appearing on the Indiana basketball watch list, which I guess has been at least a couple of years uh, that, that he's been at least on the radar, but more recently since he's been actually offered, I think people didn't necessarily know who he was since this class, of course, for Indiana is not as um, as the, the cream of the crop as, as good as it typically is. Uh, and you you might have questioned why Archie might want someone like this, but as you start to read up a little more on him, you get to see that he is that, like you said, Nathan, that um, he, he he's going to play for Indiana. He wants to play there. Like we'll, we'll get into, he said he wanted to commit first because he wants to get other guys to come to the program with him and the rest of the team. So I think that's definitely something uh, to, to be happy about more or less. So Matt, what were your initial reactions when you heard that Trey was the first guy to commit? I was excited. Um, I saw a lot of people go, but can he shoot? Question mark, which I <laughs> laughed at them because he's shooting 43% from three in AAU ball this summer. Uh, he did shoot 27% as a junior in high school, but uh, he had a wrist first, injury. He had a wrist injury, and we all know what wrist injuries do to decent shooters, right, Romeo? Um, so, look, I, I like him a lot. He's tough as nails. I think that's the first thing when you watch this guy. It's like he's one of those players that's just going to drive opposing fan bases crazy because he's going to be the first person on the floor hustling for a ball and it doesn't matter if there's a knee where his face is going to go he's going to get the ball um so he's i'm sure he's going to be a pest um for other fan bases in the big 10 coming in the upcoming years uh he's a really good finisher with both hands um reads the game really well cuts really well uh, I think he's a, like a guy who can come in as a freshman and even if he's not shooting very well, can come off the bench and get at least get a bucket or two. He's just got that skill set. He's quick. He's shifty, smart. Uh, everything you want in a big 10 guard is what he's got, especially in a four year big 10 guard. So I'm really excited. I think he's a great addition. Um, I really like that. He's trying to recruit people. And I, some people were talking about, Oh, he's trying to recruit Anthony Leal. I think we're about as in good of a position with Anthony Leal as you possibly can be. Like he's from Bloomington. He grew up in Bloomington. He grew up an IU fan, apparently. His mom works at IU. Both um, parents work at IU. Both, per, both parents work at IU. I don't think we could possibly be in any better situation with him. So what he's talking about recruiting people is I think he's talking about recruiting people in the next class, the class coming up, the class of 2021, which is – Far and away, the best class that in the state of Indiana has had in the last four or five years. Look, Christian Lander is like a, the number one point guard in the class. Caleb First is one of the top forwards in the class. Um, you have a bunch of other kids in and around the top 50 to top 80 um, recruits for, inside the state. Uh, and Trey is somebody that's known in and around the state, plays with Christian Lander and Anthony Leal on the Adidas AAU team. I think it's Indiana Elite um, for Indiana. So him being able to recruit those big-time guys coming up in the 2021 class is I, what I believe he's really talking about when he's talking about recruiting people. And I, I am excited for him to be a Hoosier and see him in uh, those lovely candy stripes that we have. 
Yeah, and to, to go off your recruiting point, uh, yes, of course he, he's recruiting Anthony Leal. He, he he's he's one he's one. Excuse me, <laughs> he's one of his better friends. He, he they they text all the time. There was of course the the post recently that he and uh, Trey and Anthony and a couple other guys were hanging out on the Fourth of July itself. So they're they're definitely good friends. He, he has even said he's texted him multiple times after he committed on Friday. So I'd love to have you here. Of course, it's your decision, but. Definitely want you here since they're great friends. They play with each other, obviously. But to Matt's point, he even mentioned how pivotal Trace and Armand's recruiting was in his own recruiting coming up into it. Because mm-hmm. he said once IU technically offered him, Trace and Armand were texting him all the time, literally daily, trying to get him to see if, if he'd be able to come to Indiana. And you might think, oh, why would they text him right as soon as they offer? Why didn't they care beforehand? Well, you don't know if Archie's going to offer him. So you can't really text him, hey, come to IU when IU doesn't necessarily want him yet. So, okay, so, so you see that he was, okay. yeah. So, so you see that he was an important guy as soon as he got offered. Trace and Armand were like, hey, come here. And I know Trace and Armand are still recruiting Anthony, let alone even people all the way down to Christian, even if like Trace isn't going to be there by that time. But I I love this, at least in-state camaraderie that everyone's trying to be like, hey, let's go play for Indiana. It's not just, and as this is more of a compliment to Purdue, it's not just all about Purdue right now. Indiana's starting to get back into it and trying to get uh, back back to competing in uh, a state level, Big Ten level, and then, of course, up to a national level. But let's get into more of the skill set that he has. We'll talk about some skills, some weaknesses. And I was going to talk about recruiting, but we basically already talked about his, the, the importance that he wants to bring to the table for his recruiting and the future recruits. But let's talk a little bit about his skills. I think if you look at him right away, you see that he's a – because you see the word guard – but he's definitely a bigger guard, at least for the for, for college mm-hmm. basketball. So he's a guy that will potentially play uh, a couple positions or definitely at least defend a couple positions, depending on what Archie might want to use him for. But he does have a lot of those guard aspects. He's got a great basketball IQ. He uh, is a pretty good passer. And like Matt talked about, he's a big playmaker. Uh, at last year, average 16 points per game. Uh, 6.8 rebounds, something like that. And <clears throat> so that's basically off of just looking at him. Then you get into when you see or hear a lot about what he does, you see that he's a, a very big two-way guard that not only can he have some offensive plays, but he's a very good defense and defensive player. And if you ask from what I've seen, most people that have seen him play, uh, it looks like his defense and his uh, intensity on, on the defensive end is actually what it really is his his biggest uh, strength, if you will, which, of course, under Archie Miller, that's the kind of guy that Archie loves. So um, <clears throat> I'll kick it over to Nithin so I don't have to take up too much stuff. So, Nithin, have you uh, observed that when you've watched him, read about him, add anything, take away? Absolutely. I mean, look, what's the word we constantly hear associated with Archie Miller's defensive system? It's pack line, pack line, pack line. And, and when you think of Leal, he's a, he's an athletic, versatile uh, he's an athletic, versatile guard who's a, who, who's going to be able to collapse to the rim if he needs to. He could uh, fan out to the three-point arc if necessary. He can affect passing lanes with his hands. And I thought Kyle Nedenreap of the Indy Star, who's covered Indiana high school basketball for a long time, said it very well. He said, look, In 2019, when you look at recruiting rankings, regardless of whatever database you use, 
defense is kind of undervalued. It's underrated. People like the dunks and the athleticism and the three-point shooting. Uh, Galloway is going to contribute in, in the intangible area in the defensive areas he's going to be coachable he's going to be you know we talked about the camaraderie that he brings to the team this is exactly the kind of guy that Archie Miller had in droves in at Dayton and that's what led them to that the, as much success as they had so that's what I'm looking forward to seeing in Galloway but now look if he improves his three-point shot if he continues to accelerate his sophomore junior senior years and we're looking a ton of uh, a lot of years down the road here but now all of a sudden you've got a valuable contributing piece to hopefully what could be a Big Ten championship or national championship contending squad. Mm-hmm. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything Nathan said. Uh, you know, when talking about Trey, uh, you know, the first thing that ch- jumps out at you is, oh, he can play the three or the two because he, he says he can play both. You know, he's a taller guard. Um, and that's something that I think we've talked about on the podcast before where Archie has in the past enjoyed using three guards, um, at a time on the floor at the same time. So, and Trey would be perfect for that. He'd be the perfect third guard, um, you know, as a a larger guard that can switch on to small forwards. Um, but I think the, if, if I had to take out a weakness for Trey, uh, look, shooting consistency. Yeah. Let's get that hand healthy, and then maybe he'll be more consistent. He shot well this summer. I'd like to see that continue into uh, the high school season uh, for his senior year. And it, he only played, uh, I think, 11.9 minutes per game last year. At the varsity level, he played 24.3 as a sophomore. So getting on the court and staying on the court is is valuable. And then also, he's tall, so he's, he gets away with being really good on defense, especially – you know, at an AU level or and at an Indiana high school level, but when he gets to college, he's going to have to bulk up more, and that's something that he's going to have to hit the weight room hard. Uh, that's probably not going to be a problem with Cliff Marshall, the weight training coach for the basketball program, but that is something he's going to have to work on. And the physicality of the Big Ten and how physical, you know, Division One basketball is is going to be a little bit of a culture shock for him, having been the tallest guard on the floor probably most of his life. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which talked about being a taller guard he probably might eh, potentially on specific lineups could be playing a wing position a lot of the times but um nathan how what what kind of weaknesses have you seen when you've been watching some of the tape from his game well i mean i I thought the the point on him being tall was interesting but you know i think the weight room situation applies to almost every single high school player except like zion you know i mean outside of him it feels like every Every uh, incoming freshman, probably the area where they need to improve most is that. Um, and, and and look, the jump shooting thing is is real. I mean, it's it's in 2019 especially. Uh, 2020 is when Galloway will be joining the Hoosiers. Uh, the three point shot is as prevalent as ever. And uh, if he can't improve in that area, there are going to be some concerns. But uh, look, other than that, I mean, this is a Culver Military Academy kid. He brings toughness. He's a glue guy. Um, you know. We'll see how he adapts and adjusts once his playing time starts at IU. Um, but I don't see an issue here where he compl- he's going to complain about playing time. I don't see an issue where he's going to create any sort of disruption with his teammates. And frankly, that sort of thing is extremely valuable uh, for any big college basketball program. And, and something that's a little bit underrated about him, um, I, really, I really like that he's going to the Culver Academy. I have a bunch of friends that graduated from there. 
um, that were in my major with me. And they're always some of the most organized, most like diligent students. And that's going to be a, a wonderful thing for this freshman class. I know I remember as a freshman going in, I had no idea what to expect from college. Look, they're athletes, so they're on a schedule and they have to be really good about being on schedule. And Trey is going to just walk into that and be able to do that so easily. He's going to be such a great role model for the other freshmen in this incoming class. It's a little something a little bit underrated, but, you know, showing that off the court leadership is something he's going to be able to come in and do from day one. Well, <laughs> you, you talked about the, the, the Culver Academy and the, the schedule he has. I was reading up on what they have to do. He literally is going to college more or less yes. for, for the schedule stuff. They yeah. have mandatory breakfast in the morning. They have four classes from 830 to 315. Then they have practices until six. They have dinner somewhere in there between, <clears throat> excuse me, six and eight. That's again, mandatory that everyone has to go to. Then they've got from eight to 10. I read something like that is homework in bed by 11. So you can get up and do everything the same way the next day. So <laughs> yeah. What were yep. you going to say, Nathan? Well, that's the thing. And, and, you know, this is a guy who, uh, you know, if Matt Painter and Mike Bray and Dane Fife and Tom Izzo at Michigan state, if they offer you, uh, you know, that's, that's a pretty good sign in and of itself. So I can't wait to see how he comes into IU next year and how he develops uh, after that, because I'm sure he can, he's going to be a very important part of whatever IU accomplishes when he's in the program. Yep. Matt, what are you looking for uh, Trey to be developing the most as he goes into his senior year and then into Indiana? Oh yeah. Like I said, uh, probably consistency in shooting. I think he's got everything else down packed pretty much um, for as far as an incoming freshman guard. Look, just getting better at everything. But but especially shooting. So yeah, I, I agree because I saw that once he starts to get a little tired, his, his shot gets a little flat. Uh, th- th- doesn't go in as much as it used to. But like Matt mentioned, his, at, with the, the wrist injury, we'll have to see the, the consistency he has. So I think his senior year will be a good tell for what his his shooting can can start to be, and hopefully um, he'll be able to keep continuing shooting at, at a high level. And because now that he's got to jump even farther back when you go from high school to college with that three point line. So hopefully the consistency will be able to get there. Um, from what I was looking, he's a, a good playmaker under the rim, but again, those are some of the athletes. And again, he, he's played against a lot of top talent. He plays in a lot of big games with some um, high recruits, but of course the people he's banging down low with the centers are as tall as him and he's technically a guard. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see what kind of strength he has and maybe more quickness and agility under the basket that he'll start to develop. And of course, once you, you know, once he gets with cliff, uh, once he gets to Indiana, he's going to get bulkier, he's going to get quicker. So that's the kind of stuff that I think he should develop, but he's definitely going to be able to, and should develop. I did like the comment you made there, Noah. He It's not like he's just going up against scrubs. Uh, last year, according to Jeff Sagarin, uh, Culver played the 10th toughest high school schedule in the state. So it's not like he was going up against, you know, small, puny, you know, YMCA, uh, <laughs> you know, backyard basketball kids. Um, you know, he went up against some tough competition. And, you know, Culver's made back-to-back state title games in Class 3A. So, uh, you, know, th- you know, this guy, look. Not not perfect by any means, but I think he's going to be a, a valuable contributor. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, back-to-back state, he says, now that he's uh, recruiting for Indiana, he's finished that part. 
got his school. He's going to look forward to uh, trying to win another state championship, which great for him. Hope they use, <clears throat> excuse me. Hope they do. Now we talked to, uh, we, we can touch briefly for a second on Anthony Leal, Stanford, Indiana. I think the, the podcast people that have been able to talk about this since then have just said, if, since those two schools are basically two completely opposite schools, if he ends up picking Stanford over Indiana there, you can't really fault him just because of the, the high level of academics that Stanford has the kind of player and just, uh, He'd be he'd be the guy at Stanford and everything. I just saw Matt and Nathan uh, nod their head yes and everything. So I think we're in agreement. Of course, this is a guy that's wanted to go to Indiana basically since forever, and it would be and it would hurt to lose the technically the the top rated in player in Indiana, especially a guy that would be, go great next to uh, to to Trey. But going up against Stanford, that that's kind of hard to say no to that that, that type of academic program. Absolutely. I mean, it's one of the best schools in the world. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when when you have the grades and and, and the wills and and the the ability to go to Stanford, especially for free, then definitely wouldn't har- take it away from anyone to be able to do that. But uh, speaking of some of the recruits, Caleb Love today just cut said he's going to cut his list down this Friday, August second. So be on the lookout this second to see if Caleb Love still has interest in the Hoosiers. But that's at least pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it was leaked. Um, that that he, we are in the final six, so which doesn't surprise me, especially with six schools. But officially, look out on Friday to see if Indiana is in it. Which even with six schools, I think everyone would have expected Indiana to be in the last six anyway. But right. yeah, all right, let's move on to who won the week, Nathan. Well, you know, it's <laughs> where do I start with this? I mean, there's been a lot of IU news coming through the last few days. Um, you know, how about basketball? We've got some professional contracts being handed out to some former Hoosiers. Jawan Morgan signed a, a, a two-way deal with the Utah Jazz. So he is going to be going back and forth between the Salt Lake City Stars, which is Utah's G League team. And, uh, you know, every now and then he'll be called up to the NBA Utah Jazz to play for them. Uh, I saw some comments made by Tony Jones, who's a Utah Jazz beat writer, who said the Jazz are very interested and excited and intrigued about Morgan as a professional player. So even if he doesn't get a ton of NBA time this coming year, keep your eye out uh, in the years to come. Uh, Not just Juwan Morgan, though. We've seen James Blackman Jr., Evan Fitzner even uh, record pro contracts as well. Um, And then, you know, outside of outside of basketball, we had some big time swimming news. We talked about Lily King last week. She just added a couple of ho-hum gold medals to her record at the FINA World Championships in South Korea. Um, You know, no big deal. Olympic champion, world champ, whatever. Uh, Easy peasy. Um, But there were a couple others as well. Zach Apple and Blake Peroni, who are uh, post-grad members of the swimming and diving program. They they had podium finishes as well. So, you know, this is a big-time international competition, and you're seeing IU swimming and diving program once again. accomplishing some great things. How about soccer player Justin Rennix? He was in the MLS homegrown game earlier tonight. Uh, An IU player, he plays for the New England Revolution. Uh, He's part of All-Star Week in the MLS. So all in all, you know, pretty interesting stuff going on in IU sports. And, you know, you just got to stay tuned in. I mean, this is the (laughs) offseason. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then let alone, of course, the basketball program getting their first commit for the class of 2020. And that's not the only thing to talk about, especially in uh, almost August, the beginning of August. It's great to have so much content to be able to discuss. We didn't even talk about last week when the Cubs were playing the Giants. Uh, Kyle Schwarber and Alex Dickerson were go- going head to head, two IU baseball players. I think, uh, in fact, one played during the series last week. Uh, I think Dickerson threw Schwarber out at home or Schwarber almost threw Dickerson out. I mean, it's pretty cool to see IU making an impact in all these different sports across the uh, international spectrum. It's, it's, it's pretty neat. Matt, speaking of the Exhibit 10 contract that Juwan signed, do you know much about that or should I try and explain as best as I can this very uh, ambiguous, not very known contract? Um, Yeah, you should probably just try. It's, oh, it's, I, I would if I was trying to explain it, I'd get it too complicated up. So which it, which it is complicated. And this is just check our article out on indianahq.com. This is where uh, as best as people can explain it, it's it's explained as pretty well there. Um, they're they're one year deals worth minimum salary. None of it's guaranteed though. A lot of the compensation is tied to bonuses and just how the player is able to stick with their team for a certain period of time. Uh, so basically, Juwan <clears throat> has an in, more or less, to try and stay with the the Jazz and their G League affiliate, the Salt Lake City Stars, so he can try and basically just prove his worth a little more and um, get on the G League affiliate team, which I think that's his best uh, his best chance at getting into it. I'm not sure how how because he he performed well, but he wasn't extraordinary at summer league, so I'm not sure if a two way contract is uh, unless he has some huge breakout i personally don't know if a two-way contract is in his future at least this specific season but hopefully he can stay with the salt lake city stars or at least another g league affiliate team Um, but these exhibit 10 contracts can be converted to a formal two-way contract so basically it's just saying from what i can gather that the jazz are interested in him and with this new with this new bargaining agreement contract thing good news for juan at least so he's not getting cut right now yeah it's a it's a it's basically a little bit more formal invitation to the training camp it's basically what it is so yep and as andrew said in the chat also a lot of the bat the football so go to the football side a lot of the hoosiers this past week were put on the preseason watch list for football so that's also something else to watch out for and then from a pro standpoint we saw jonathan crawford signed on with tennessee i saw that chris covington got over a hamstring injury the former iu linebacker is in dallas's training camp with those getting underway that's exciting uh so yeah, I mean it's going on everywhere. <laughs> Me as the resident Steelers fan, um, I've got since I work with another website, I have people out at Steelers training camp, and the very first day, T. Gray Scales was playing with the second team defense, which is something literally all Pittsburgh fans did not see coming. And if from day one, T. Gray Scales was playing snaps, starting with the second team defense. As an inside linebacker, when again, there's only two inside linebackers for what the Steelers used to do. That means technically he's on the third and fourth from what the Steelers have seen. That's really, really good news because right now he's playing above veteran players that have actually that have proved their, their worth more or less as a backup inside linebacker. So he's got a long way to go. But yet, to add on to Nathan's point, another, uh, another good thing for a former Hoosier. Before we talk so much about everything else, (laughs) let's move on to the freshman class. We've done the senior, the junior, the sophomore. 
classes. Now we're going to finish up since, of course, there's not as many freshmen as some of the other ones that might make a huge impact. We're definitely not going to talk about every single one of them, but we're going to mention just a few first for the football, then the basketball that will make an impact. Of course, basketball, definitely much more chance to make an impact, but there are a few freshmen that might have the chance to contribute to this football team other than just practicing. QB, we have waited very long to talk about Michael Penix Jr. and Jack Tuttle, and we could make an entire episode on this between both of these two, but I think it's, at least for now, pretty easy to say that Michael Penix Jr. Jack Tuttle will be fighting for a starting spot. They both have potential to have a very big impact on this team. We've got a lot of depth at the QB position. Don't know what else, much more there is to say unless we did an entire episode on it. you agree, Matt? Uh, yep, I agree. Look, they're... Obviously in the running, I think Coach Allen has talked about it multiple times. We've talked about it multiple times. I'm excited, and I hopefully um, the best person wins. So, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just for, for the team, whoever can win the most games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. and then those those first two games, I'm going to be excited to see how much playing time Penix and Tuttle get because you know most people probably argue that those first two games against Ball State and Eastern Illinois are the ones where hopefully the Hoosiers get out to a good lead. Um, and then, you know, we'll see how many snaps Penix and Tuttle get. I remember last year in the season opener against Florida International, Penix had some playing time. So that'll be something interesting to keep an eye out for, regardless of who's named the starter. Uh, Tom Allen said that Ramsey is the returning guy, so the other two will have to beat him out. But it is an open competition. We'll see who comes out on top. Yeah, like, like, like we've said, he, Ramsey probably will end up being the starter at the beginning, but he also did 100% say it's an open competition. So uh, I think a lot of Hoosier Nation doesn't want to see Peyton Ramsey start a quarterback, even though there's a lot of other reasons we could talk about why I don't think it's the end of the world, but definitely mm-hmm. an open competition that um, those two guys are hopefully going to be able to have their shot. Running back, I think the biggest, there are a couple running backs uh, in the freshman class, redshirt freshman, regular freshman, that might be able to contribute on a normal year, but this year, this running back class is just so deep. We've already talked about three or four running backs, and yet we still haven't even talked about Samson James, the highest-rated recruit that Indiana has gotten, period, uh, that, of course, committed to Ohio State, decommitted. We already talked about him a lot, but at least unless Stevie Scott has some big fall-off, we've already talked about it. He's going to be the main guy, but Samson James, man, I think he's going to be able to have a chance to get some snaps as running back committee uh, the, the, the depth chart is definitely not solidified. I don't think it's going to be solidified the entire season. It's just going to be best man up. It's going to be able to contribute. I think we're going to be able to see some cool things from Samson James. Yeah, absolutely. I think with a lot of these true freshmen, we're going to see them play in at least three games. Look, the new three games you can play in and then red shirt rule, I think it's wonderful. I think I've, I've, we've definitely talked about it multiple times again on the podcast. I keep bringing that up, you know, watch some of our old podcasts, listen to them. We talk about this all the time, but look, Samson. Yeah, Samson is going to get minutes, and I would not be surprised to see him as a second-string running back and then not be redshirted and get a hell of a lot of snaps um, next year. I I expect great things from him. I, he's one of the best recruits the IU has ever gotten in the recruiting rankings since the recruiting rankings have been a thing. So I, I can't be more excited to see Samson James Hoosier. Yeah, so first of all, Matt, that's a four-game redshirt rule. I think you, you knew four. that. I think you just accidentally said three. I definitely said three. Yeah, just uh, by <laughs> by uh, mistake. Um, but, you know, it's funny. At Big Ten Media Day a couple of Thursdays ago, I asked Tom Allen, you know, Stevie Scott, sophomore running back, pretty young guy, had an impressive season, you know, what 
does Allen expect of Scott this coming year? And Tom Allen took that question and made it very clear that Stevie Scott would not be entitled to anything this upcoming year. And I think something is gnawing at him in the back of his head like, hey, we have this jewel type of player in Samson James, who obviously chose to come to IU because he wants to play immediately. He could have gone to a place like Ohio State where he committed originally, but then he would have had to wait a couple of years. So when you've got a guy like Samson James, and also don't overlook uh, Ivory Winters, who's a freshman coming in, this is going to be a very competitive backfield. And that's good. As, the, as Tom Allen said, and as the saying goes, iron sharpens iron. Uh, this is going to be very fun to see who comes out on top. Samson James will play. How impactful will he be? It'll be, it'll be, who knows? Yeah, exactly. I think who knows is the, 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 the fairest and, and most true point in that statement is just because we have no <laughs> idea, which as, as a good thing, it's not, we have no idea because this running back class is so bad is this running class, this running back class has a lot of potential to be really, really good. So that's a good, <clears throat> uh, what we'll have to see kind of like the QBs wide receiver, wide receiver room is, I think, at the top of the depth chart, pretty solidified. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these freshmen we're going to talk about, you will see during games just because of that four game rule. And you want to see if, Hey, maybe this guy's like a breakout player and you have no idea, but I uh, two names to potentially see if you see on the names of the back of their jerseys, which yes, names will be on the back of their jerseys reminder. Uh, you might see miles Marshall's or Jacoby Hewitt for a few snaps this season. They redshirted last year, the redshirt freshman this year. So uh, those might be two guys to see any other names potentially in the wide receiver room guys. Yeah. I'm really interested in Jordan Jakes. Uh, he's a six foot five wide receivers from Baltimore. Uh, and just the, the, the numbers six and five next to wide receiver jump out to me. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him get some snaps, maybe even towards the red zone. Six, five is very tall in football. Yes. Yes. That's so. uh, that's exactly the name that I was going to uh, mention. Tom Allen talked about him by name once or twice during big 10 media day a couple of weeks ago. So he could be, he could be an interesting option again, you know, while it's clear, on the surface that Nick Westbrook and Donovan Hill will start. Who knows? Guys might get injured. Guys might, you know, off the field stuff, anything can happen, uh, at which point, you know, maybe some of these freshmen do get extended playing time. Yep. Same thing with tight end class. You've got Peyton Hendershot, Matt Jorison with the tight ends, but you're, you're going to have some people go out, so you might be able to see some TJ Ivory. That's one of the names I saw. Did you guys see any other tight end names? Gary no. Cooper. Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah. Good call. Good call there. Um, uh, the thing with Ivy is, you know, he's a Chicago kid, uh, redshirt freshman, uh, definitely could make an impact this year. Kalen DeBoer loves to use those tight ends, so uh, you know it's yes. not going to be it's not going to be just one guy. Uh, you know, the whole room will be involved this year. It'll be fun to see how they get used. Which I was not here last week for your sophomore class, and I didn't get to talk about Peyton Hendershot, my favorite player last year. So I, especially with Kalen DeBoer, oh my goodness, I am so excited for Peyton Hendershot. I just he, oh my goodness, that's <laughs> my my lack of words just shows you how excited I am for Peyton Hendershot this year. And I think he's going to be honestly, I think he's going to be one of the best players for this team this year. I think he's going to be able to contribute so much. Lineman with <clears throat> even with playing. So this is my opinion, at least. Even with playing the, the the four game that you have for being able to redshirt, you can play four games, still get a redshirt. With some of the 
the of course the linemen aren't very good, but that's a position that you don't. It's usually more of the skill positions. You see some of these players come in for a few snaps. It's kind of hard for the linemen to be able to. Hey, I'm going to play this one game, but not the rest of this games. These games, so I think it's going to be harder to see some of these freshman redshirt freshmen actually get time unless mm-hmm. there's an injury. Do you guys agree or disagree? Is there any specific freshman you think might be able to come up and see times during games specifically? No, I think I, I basically agree with your point. Uh, there's no one that really stands out. Um, it, who knows? I mean, look, it, it, honestly, we, we talked about kind of the highlight player on offense in Samson James. It's tough to break in as a freshman in general, you know. The, the Stevie Scott and Rondale Moore type performances that we saw at a freshman are are pretty rare. And I guess I get those are true freshmen. We're, we're also including red shirts in this group. But, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to make an immediate impact. Yeah, it is. All right, before we go on to the defense, are you subscribed to our show yet? You can subscribe to our show for free on whatever platforms you listen to podcasts. Just search for The Hoosier Sound or hang with us live on YouTube Tuesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern at The Hoosier Sound and at Indiana HQ for Twitter and Facebook. Follow us for news and updates and check out our website, indianahq.com, because all of the information is right there, one place if you forget the 20,000 things we've told you at one podcast. In addition, I am now repping some merchandise that we have on our store. So if you're on the YouTube, you can see our merchandise, merchandise, merchandise that we have on the website. So go check that out. If you did not get to see me repping it, maybe you should start watching the YouTube broadcast. Look at that. All right, let's go on to the defense for football. I think we might be able to see a few people, but they're in general, not sure how many people are going to make a huge, huge, huge impact like we might have seen last year. The defensive linemen, I think we could see Bo Robbins come in there, especially with defensive linemen. They get tired very quick as they have the right to get tired very quick. Defensive linemen, you need a lot of them. Even no matter what scheme you use, even if you use three defensive linemen at all times, you you need a lot of them. They go through them very quickly. They need uh, breaks and rests. So I think Bo Robbins is definitely going to be a guy that you're going to see. Uh, it, it, true freshman, uh, a redshirt freshman, Jonathan King, you might be able to see for a few snaps, made a little headway last year. So Matt, any other linemen or anything to add about Bo and Jonathan? I mean, Bo's one of the best recruits, again. He would have been the star recruit of this recruiting class if it hadn't been for Sam Jane recruiting yes. or committing. So I, I'm i excited for him to come in. He's going to bring in some of that toughness that that Carmel uh, football team brings. You know, you know, they're expected to win a state championship every year. Uh, love him or hate him um, every year in Indiana. So... <laughs> Uh, but but that that's that's a winning mentality you can bring to the team. Uh, I would love to see him get some time playing and 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 show off what he's got. Yeah, the you know we talk about Bo Robbins. I mean, it's a four-star recruit. He's uh, you know one of the top three or four players in the state of Indiana. Uh, he's part of a recruiting class that twenty-four-seven is ranked as thirty-sixth in the nation. I mean, that's remarkable. IU uh, for a year struggled to crack into the top seventy or top eighty. Um, you know, number 36 in the nation last year, the Hoosiers were 49th, uh, according to the same database. So, you know, it, it, the, the recruits are improving the quality and the quantity are improving. Um, they're 
coming from within the state, which is exciting. As far as other defensive linemen, don't overlook Jeremy Passmore. He's a Florida kid. Tom Allen talked time and time again about uh, potentially uh, about how this guy constantly bothered Allen during spring practice with, hey, coach, put me on the field, put me on the field. I don't want to be on, I want to be out there. I don't want to, I didn't come here to sit. Uh, and Allen said, hey, you know, he's got to relax a little bit. But that kind of um, initiative is always looked on positively by coaches. There's also a Samoan defensive tackle, all right? This guy's name is Sio Nofoa Gatotoa. Uh, he's, uh, he's a Samoan kid from Florida, 6'2", 321. I mean, he's already built like an NFL defensive lineman. Uh, Tom Allen called him out uh, as well, saying he's he's standing out. He's making an impact. So uh, you might see some Samoan flavor on IU's defensive line this year. That was a very good pronunciation. Honestly, I kind of wanted to shy away from his name, be yep. talking about him because of the name. If you just go on the, the depth chart and just look at that. Can we just clip that and then play that every time we talk about him so yeah. that I don't have to <laughs> butcher the name? <laughs> exactly. All right, linebackers. I think we're going to see potentially a lot of Cameron Williams, especially since the linebackers are not uh, solidified in any way. I think Cameron Williams is definitely going to be able to see his his share of snaps. For a few plays, you might see some James Miller. But, Matt, any other guys? Nah, not in my opinion. Probably not, no. Nathan? Uh, no, I'm excited about Williams, though. He's from Andrean High School, which is right by my neck of the woods, uh, region kid. So uh, four-star recruit. Again, kid, he's, he's no slouch. Uh, he, Bo Robbins, and Samson James are really the three uh, you know, key impact players in this upcoming recruiting class. Like I mentioned earlier, it's looked on so positively by 24-7 sports. So Williams is going to come in outside linebacker. Um, IU really needs guys who can pressure the quarterback. Tom Allen's talked already about how he's a little bit concerned about the defensive line depth. So maybe Williams comes in and gets after guys like Justin Fields of Ohio State. Uh, uh, if he does, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna be on the field, no question about it. I also I like his size for a linebacker. Six foot three is a good size for a linebacker. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As yeah, especially as I've been doing more research into T Gray as the height is one of the main reasons is he's having trouble sticking onto an NFL roster. All right, let's move on to the secondary. And Nathan talked about those kind of staple freshman uh players that are gonna have a huge impact. I think you potentially left out these two guys, I think have a very big chance at making a big impact. If you know the person I'm talking about, Nathan, do you know how to pronounce his last name? I don't know who you're referring to. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. Josh Sanginetti. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. From the University of Florida, down my neck. So Matt, you should have been uh, watching him play, right? Um, yeah. But Josh Sanginetti, Taiwan Mullen. Taiwan Mullen is a guy that has made the rounds through the social media and the internet and everything of just a guy that you basically have to love as, as a Hoosier on the defense has, has brothers playing uh, high caliber football. I think those two guys are going to be guys. You're definitely going to be able to see, get some snaps. Like we've talked about this secondary is very loaded. So the number of snaps is really actually going to depend on how well they play. They're not just going to get some just to, to get some snaps. They're going to have to keep, be able to keep producing at a high level. But I definitely think we're going to see those two guys at some point, either as I don't know how they, they're, they're built or how they're playing in practice, if they're going to be a um, on the outside or a, a, a slot cornerback. But we'll probably get to see those two last names at some point this season. 
Oh yeah, Taiwan shown off a lot of his skills. I think he was at the Army Under Armour Army All American game. Uh, he was showing off his skills there as well. Uh, I, he's just somebody that that's going to come in and, and bring in that you know work ethic straight away. You know, his brother plays for Clemson. They just won the national championship this year. Just drafted in the first round. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be great. Sanginetti, same thing. Look, they're going to bring that. Florida high school football caliber um, playing to the, uh, the defensive side of the ball, and that's going to be great for the Hoosiers in the future. If, if you can see Tom Allen's uh, trend in recruiting, he he likes to get those now, those Indiana and Florida players. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and I liked uh, – not only did uh, Taiwan's brother Trayvon play for Clemson up until last year, he – had a big interception in Clemson's national title win last season yep. as well. So, uh, you know, it's not like that. Uh, it's not like his brother was just some sort of back of the roster filler. Uh, not by any means. Trayvon Mullen was a major impact uh, defensive back for Clemson. And hopefully Taiwan can follow in his footsteps because, hey, I'll take any quality corner that you give me. Yeah, especially a guy that contributed in the national championship game. Nathan earlier talked about the ranking that 24-7 Sports gave the recruiting class, like he said, 36 nationally, which is if you think of Indiana football, you don't ever think that they're in the top 36 in terms of playing. Last year they were 49th, the year before that 52nd. So you can see at least recently they've been around the 50 mark and jumping up to 36th. And Tom Allen even lost out on a couple big recruits that they could have potentially had. So 36 nationally is, is, is doing pretty good. Tom Allen's definitely in the um, right direction. If you look at, don't let the, the, the next class class of 2020 get you down too much right now. He's about 50. That's just because some people commit early. Some people don't. So um, he, he's definitely getting some recruits already for the next class, but <clears throat> for this year, eighth in the big 10 last year, they were 10th. 11th the year before they were they are and beat out Iowa Minnesota Maryland Northwestern and then of course Illinois and Rutgers but they beat out those those teams for recruits this year and they weren't too far off from Purdue who is fifth in the Big Ten there was a a pretty close gap between fifth and eighth now there was a very very close gap between eighth and 11th but um Indiana is getting much better recruiting. It's it's got to start obviously showing on the field, but the recruiting is starting to get much better, and it's at least something to get excited about in the off season when there is no football to be played yet. So, let's move on to the social media shout out. Matt, give us your social media post of the week. Sure, I think this one was the easiest one I've had so far. Got to go look up Trey underscore underscore Galloway up on Instagram. Go like his post for him committing. Done deal. Hashtag committed with him posing in front of the great IU midcourt in the uh, north lobby of Simon Scott Assembly Hall, sitting there in his Indiana jersey with those candy striped pants. You got to go give that a like. Shout out Trey underscore underscore Galloway on Instagram. Uh, He's going to be a fantastic Hoosier, and I'm excited for him to join the team. Well, I read it. Indiana.hq for Instagram. Go check those out. Twitter at Indiana HQ, like we've talked about. So add two people to your follower list. All right, let's move on to the basketball freshman. Now we haven't really talked about Jerome Hunter much yet because, of course, he's now a redshirt freshman from medical injury. There could be, there's going to be a lot that we could potentially talk about Jerome Hunter, but I think everyone, anyone, and everyone, not just us, uh, media, news, podcasters 
fans, everyone is very high on Jerome and almost to the point where I, I hope it's not too much pressure on Jerome if he's able to play this year. But of course, if we think Jerome is able to play this year, I think everyone expect, expects um, nothing but basically fireworks in, in a very refreshing face to the team. Yeah, and this is a guy who's a you know he was a six he's a six seven forward who was a top sixty recruit nationally last year. So you know he's that ranked higher than you know a guy like Robert Finnessy who made a huge contribution to IU's team last season. Uh, I did see uh, crawling across Twitter earlier this morning some workout video that Jerome Hunter was a part of out in Columbus, Ohio, where he's from. So again, it's not like he's you know, sitting around getting treatments and stuff. No, he's, he's working hard. He's really getting after it. Um, he's trying to improve in various facets of his game. Uh, but at the same time, if you ask me, any contribution IU gets from Jerome Hunter this upcoming season will be the cherry on top. It'll be icing on the cake. It'll be a bonus. Um, and this is a guy who can, who can do great things. We'll, we'll just, we just hope that his health works out. First and foremost. Yep. Matt, would you like to give your uh, primary, maybe once every two weeks or so, your your, your very good rant about how, how much you're looking forward to Jerome Hunter playing this year? You know, I'm going to save the listeners' ears for that, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll wait another week until I inevitably break down next week on the 100th podcast about how much Jerome Hunter is going to mean to this program next year. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll wait. There you go. All right. The two incoming freshmen so the two true freshmen that everyone is excited about armand franklin of course and trace jackson davis now of course we were able to take uh talk to india franklin who is just just a, a great woman to to talk to she she's been on not just our podcast but hoosier hysterics and um and that was just a great podcast so if you haven't listened to that go back it's still relevant now but armand franklin definitely a great guy that is coming into the program you <clears throat> I don't think we're having a lot of character issues at, at the moment with people coming into the program. And it's just a guy that uh, you think about bleeding green and crimson. This is going to be a guy that's going to fight for the team. He's going to love it. He's, he's just going to put his put forth as much effort as he can. The only concern that I have for him, and this is nothing against him, this specific season, everyone is high on everyone on this team. I don't think, and I don't think it's, uh, a secret that every single player, all 11 scholarship players are going to be able to contribute this year. But Archie really does not like to play 11 people during a game. He likes to play seven, or seven, eight, nine at the most players on a team. And so that leaves at least two, if not three people that sit on the bench more, more than not. So if everyone's healthy, I think Armand might be one of those guys that's close farther to at farther at the, the, the end of the bench. Not, nothing against him. I just think there's hopefully if we have the progression that some of the other guards, the sophomores and junior and, and senior guard have, that he'll be able to start to grow and he doesn't have to be jump into a role that he um, is, is going to, it's going to go over his head. Hopefully he's going to be able to develop a little bit this year. And I definitely think he's going to get playing time. I, I think there's no question. He's going to be able to see time, especially if there's a game against some of those non-conference teams that you start to blow people out of the water. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time, but um, hopefully seeing a lot of stuff from him, hopefully his shooting continues to progress. Like his mom says, it's going to be a refreshing face. And Hey, if you can come off the bench for five minutes, get a bucket. That's all we need. Absolutely. Well, that's the key with with Franklin, because you know there's there's one thing he can do to get playing time right off the bat, and that's knock down a few threes. Because I think that's a skill set that IU will will really cherish 
this coming season. Uh, if he can knock those shots down from the perimeter, uh, maybe even if other parts of his game aren't as advanced or brought along, uh, he'll be on the floor. So if he can show out and practice and knock down some threes and really stand out in that area, uh, Franklin won't be sitting on the bench that much. Yeah. Matt, do you have anything to add about Armand Franklin with what you're excited to see for him this year? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'd like to see him develop more of his combo guard skills, the ability to come off the bench and, and be a playmaker. I think the team is going to be better in the future if he can turn himself into more of a playmaker than and a distributor than a scorer. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's, he's also not a tiny guard either. So he's no. going to be able to have the, he's going to have the ability to get into the lane and start making some plays, let alone shooting. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. Now, another guy that we are uh, very high on and a guy that will probably see the, the floor a lot of the time. And a lot of hope, a lot of us hope that he'll be able to start as trace Jackson Davis, our, our, our guy that's been recruiting for the past since November 30th, since when he <laughs> signed at IU, he's been uh, trying to recruit for Indiana Great guy to love. Matt talked about his backflip yet last week, which thankfully his backflip he didn't injure anything. That everything's all all, all well and good. But <laughs> Trace Jackson Davis, we've talked about a lot about the uh, lineup podcast that we did. Um, a, a guy that I, I, I'm honestly just excited to see. What are what are you specifically looking forward to seeing that Trace Jackson can potentially contribute for this year, Nathan? Well, look, he he provides a, a scoring punch that IU might need with the, the departure of Jawan Morgan. Uh, last year at Center Grove, he averaged 22 points a game. He was McDonald's All-American, uh, Indiana Mr. Basketball. This is a guy who can really wreak havoc from you know, 15, 18 feet and, and, and in. So if he can show that he can transfer those skills over even against improved uh, Big Ten competition or even Division One basketball competition, uh, he's going to get playing time. I- IU needs a guy who can drop in 10, 15 points per game. And, you know, even if he's not sharpest defensively or even if he's not he- at his peak physical uh, physique just yet, uh, that's okay. If he can, though, convert those mid-range shots, get layups inside, hit some free throws when asked, uh, that I think is the is the part of his game that IU needs the most this upcoming year. Yes, and I think you mentioned the word need a lot. I think that is very key for Indiana's success this year. I think they're going to need, not want, they're going to need a lot of help and, and contributions from Trace Jackson to be able to continue in the right direction towards trying to make an NCAA tournament. What about you, Matt? Yep, we're going to need the best Trace that we can possibly get this year. In order to make the tournament, we're going to need a freshman superstar or superstar in the making um, this year if we're going to have any shot at making the tournament. I think he can step up into that. Uh, is it fair that he has to have that kind of a season as a freshman? Not exactly, but this team is going to need somebody to carry um, the offensive and defensive load down in, in, in the, the front court and back court. So, and, and Trace is just one of those guys that, could possibly do that could be possibly the spark for this team and 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 he's he's stepping into a situation that he can make all his own and he can be um you know just like romeo and have a very good season go to the draft or he could have an even better season than romeo um and we make it to the tournament and maybe he stays so who knows so. Yep, and if and if he does have freshman spurts, which everyone's going to have, so maybe Absolutely. even uh, both Armand and, and Jerome and Trace are going to have 
points during the year that they're going to struggle. I think it's also a, a good sign that when Trace is struggling, that we have some depth behind him. If if Race can make sure he gets back to being 100% healthy, add him to to Duran, Joey, all, all, all those people down low. I think it's going to be. I I don't think we're definitely going to need him, but if he has those moments where he gets tired, maybe he gets into foul trouble or something, it's not going to be the end of the world. I did have a question for both of you guys, though, because, look, I think last year in February and March, people were a bit down on Romeo Langford and said, oh, he he is good, but he kind of fell below expectations. As far as Trace Jackson Davis goes, what are your guys' expectations for him this coming season? I think, in my mind, I've got something like 12.6 boards a game in like 25 minutes. Uh, What are your guys' thoughts? I don't have a problem putting high expectations on Trace. I think he wants to and is willing is and and would be able to produce at a high level. Um, maybe not 12 points, but maybe around nine or 10 points. I definitely think some boards are good just because uh, he's going to be able to be athletic and do some of that. I think a lot of it also may not necessarily be produced in the stat sheet because he's going to have to be able to learn the pack line because pack line down low is a little different than most people think it is he's going to have to try and be able to move quickly because that's the one point that duran when healthy has had to try and get past is how to function as a big in the pack line so i think if his stats are still like seven or eight points a game three or four rebounds i think it might be a little disappointing but if he's still holding his own down low and he becomes a good defender i think it's definitely going to be able to overlook that yep and i expect him to be very good on defense uh, especially blocking the ball. I think he's for a guy at six foot nine, he can play the center. And that's just a testament to how freakishly athletic traces. Um, so that's something I'm excited to see him bring to the team. Yeah. And I, I also will, will put out if Duran is healthy, Duran is such a, like Matt said, I think it's going to be incredible to see if Trace and Duran play, the, the amount of shot blocking ability down low, oh. but then also how good Duran is at passing the ball from from the post. If he can find, he's great at finding the, those perimeter guys, but if he, can, if he can find Joey two or three or four or five feet away, that's also going to be something big that I think he's going to be able to do. So I could see, I definitely, I think expectations should be eight, nine, maybe 10 points but I definitely think he should and will be able to get to 10, 11, 12 points. And his ceiling could be higher, but I think that's definitely a reasonable get and guess. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy, you know, Matt, you said he was 6'9". The, it seems like the measurements are that he's got a 7-foot or 7-foot 2-inch wingspan. So, yeah, even if he does come in as a shot blocker, that would be extremely valuable to the team. So, yeah, I was just curious what you guys thought because, you know, put some numbers to the expectations because, uh, as you know, IU fans are, are over the top with these kids. So yeah, I, was just, uh, I, was just, uh, I was just wondering what you guys were, were thinking. Yep. Personally, I think as a guy, uh, he, he's one of those few guys on the team that you should expect something concrete from him. I think he's going to be able to give that to you. And I think it's going to be a joy to watch someone like Trace play this year. He's not going to have to be the best player on the team, but he's going to be able to be a guy that's going to be able to thrive in this kind of offense. So I guess we'll have to see. Send us your questions as the audience, because this is normally the segment where we will ha- answer your questions. So if you have a question, even throughout the week, you don't have to wait till Monday or Tuesday for us to post about it. Send us a question. We'll answer it on the podcast. I think some people think that, hey, we'll uh, just maybe mention it somewhere later. No, we'll tell your question, share it on air live so that you can get credit for it as well, and we can talk about it. Some of the best material comes from you guys as well, so don't, don't be shy. Great content comes from you guys. but. 
that about wraps it up for our 99th show of the Hoosier Sound. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And thank you to the live audience for coming out and participating in the chat section. We really, your, we really appreciate your support. We'll be back next Monday for another edition of the Hoosier Sound Off. A day after that, it will be our 100th episode. Going to put a little plug in for us. It might be a little different episode. Just celebrating how far we've come. Of course, got a long ways to go. But hopefully, especially those longtime listeners, going to be able to just have a little bit of fun, talk about some things on the 100th episode. So look forward to that next week. News and updates come through Twitter, so subscribe to our show so you don't miss out on our weekly shows. Most importantly, though, if you enjoy our show, leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook. Tell a friend, share our links. Your support is the only way how we grow this podcast so we can reach more passionate IU fans such as yourself. But as always, thank you for listening to your nation, and we'll see you next time. Peace.